Hello and welcome to the Anchor Sunday Sermons podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word with our Sunday sermons here in this podcast. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's message. Two positive things to mention, even though how bad things are getting. But isn't it funny that France, England, and Greece are reacting to mandates and saying, hey, wait a second, we're going to protest this. And they're flooding into the streets, and they're quite peaceful, but they're saying it's not going to happen. Here's my question. How come that's not happening in America? How come the French are doing it, the, the Grecians are doing it, but not us? I'm telling you what, man, if we don't wake up, we don't get on, the, on, on board on what's happening as far as saying, hey, man, you're taking away my rights, my rights to medical privacy, my rights to my own body, for goodness sakes. We're going to lose it, man. You're going to lose freedoms. And so um, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I think we could see if, if Newsom doesn't get out in this election, I think you're going to see another mandate come down about these vaccines. They tried to do it through, uh, I think it was AB 455. It got shot down, but it was them trying to put into, I think, a transportation bill mandates, and it got shot down. But oh, I heard again, they're back at it again, and they're going to try to do another bill to get um, um, vaccine mandates. Someone was telling me that you can't even go to a Raider game because at the Raider game, you have to be vaccinated. If you're unvaccinated, you can't come in. But somebody from the Raiders will give you a shot in the arm if you want to go in. So you can get your jab right before you go in, but you have to wear a wristband. Uh, who, who's going to give me a jab? A doctor? A nurse? No, it's somebody at the, at the, you know, that's serving me hot dogs. Someone's going to serve hot dogs and serve me a jab if you want to go watch the Raiders now. It's crazy, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't step foot in that place. That's crazy. Anyway, positive news. Positive news. Um, a lot of good things happening with our church and the growth we're having and God's doing all kinds of amazing things. One of the things I want to mention, I sent it out in an email yesterday, but if you didn't catch it, we have been picked by the Israeli consulate as a church that they want to work with. And uh, I, that's a big feather in our hat uh, when you see the Israelis reach out to churches like ours. In fact, I was one of about 10 pastors that met with the Israeli consulate about a, a month ago. And they had it at the consulate's uh, home, and um, they they talked about what was happening, what they're wanting to see happen with America and the churches here in America. Let me tell you what the problem is, and you probably already know. Anti-Semitism is on the rise, obviously. The left typically hates Israel. That's why no one will put AOC in her place, Ilhan Omar, or anything when they come against Israel. And so they notice that American politics... And our media is getting very anti-Semitic, and so they realize that. What they also wanted to talk to us as pastors is the fact that since we're pro-Israel, they're starting to see a waning support in evangelicalism for Israel. And evangelicalism has always been pro-Israel, typically in American politics. But it's waning. The younger generation, millennials, Gen Z, have no clue about Israel, okay? Most Christians don't have a clue about Israel because they go to churches that are either replacement theology or simply don't talk about Israel, period. 
And unfortunately, that's a problem. And the Israeli government sees it as a problem. That's why they're reaching out to churches like us, because we're pro-Israel. And, and it's not, understand, the reason we're pro-Israel is not politically. It's not a political support. So when we talk with the consulate, it's not because we are agreeing with Naftali Bennett. That guy's crazy. I, I can't stand that guy. It's not that we agree with their politics. It, it doesn't mean that we agree with their Judaism, because that's, that's corrupted by the rabbis, and doesn't believe that we agree with their policy. Sometimes they give up land for peace. We don't agree with that. What is it that we agree with? We support biblical Zionism. What is that? It's a support of the Abrahamic covenant. That's why we fly the flag. Biblical Zionism says God made a covenant with Israel concerning the land. That land is theirs. Period. It's no one else's. Uh, Israel allows other people to live on their land, but it's theirs. It's Jewish land. It's not anyone else's. So when an Arab is on there, Iranian, whatever, a Persian, Turkish, whatever, they're squatters. They don't own the land. It's the Jews. And that is a everlasting covenant with the land of Israel. Israel occupied all of their land in the Messianic age. Okay. Furthermore, it means that according to the Abrahamic covenant, it says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. That means that we are to bless the Jewish people, um, not curse them. If we curse them, we get cursed by God. That's the standing policy with God, with Israel. Okay. Doesn't mean they act correct. Doesn't mean they are moral or anything like that. Doesn't mean it's just that we support them having the right to the land and them being the Jewish people because one day God will work through the Jewish people in the tribulation. They will actually come to faith in Messiah and then he Messiah will rule and reign through the Jewish people, the Jewish state in the Messianic age. Okay. The, another reason we fly the flag is that what happened in 1948 is prophetically significant. It was a fulfillment of multiple, multiple passages in the Old Testament about the dispersion of Israel and that God would draw them out of the nations, note in unbelief, in preparation for the tribulation. That happened in 1948. So that is prophetically significant. So when we fly that flag, we're referring back, that's the day they became a nation again. That's what was predicted. And it happened after 2,000 years because God is now going to start working with them uh, in the tribulation to cut, to accept his son. So the positive about this is they want to use us to be the platform that we are right now to communicate, not only to you, but to on our platform worldwide to get the right message out about what's happening on the ground in Israel. Because the news media, Reuters, AP, does it, they, don't, they get it wrong. The media, they slam Israel. So what they want to do is work with us and give us the right information, and then we use our platforms to disseminate the right information out about Israel because they can't trust the media anymore. That was a big discussion at our meeting. And you obviously know that, right? So I, we're going to meet with them again. <clears throat> I got a meeting scheduled in January with the Israeli consulate again, and we're going to just meet periodically. They're, they're constantly um, uh, texting me and different things, uh, um, about what's going on. That way we have, we know what's on the ground. We know exactly what's happening and then we can communicate that. I want you to understand that this is, this is a blessing from God 
Because why? Because we're already there. We're already doing that. And, and, and I think it's a spiritual aspect when, when you see that the Israelis see that a church like Rock Harbor is sympathetic to the situation, that's reflective of all of you. Okay? That's reflect, there's, there, there's, there's, they didn't contact any other churches here in Kern County, okay? They didn't contact very, uh, very few in Southern California. I want you to notice that. When I was there, it was 10 churches. That's it. 10 churches. Because the rest of the churches are not there. So, it's a feather in our hat. It's, it's a blessing. And I wanted to tell you that good news, which is great. Second good news is this. We're having an incredible reach online. Obviously, we've grown uh, locally, and we continue to grow, but our online reach is beyond what I could even imagine. We're in all kinds of different countries. We can see the analytics where people are downloading stuff to their phone. We can see it. Because like in Africa, they don't have like computers, but they have phones. And we're seeing people in, in Africa download our sermons on their phone. And most of the third world countries, the governments pay for them to have a phone. And we can see through the analytics that they're downloading our stuff on their phone. And we even have people in China, even in Russia, on the black web, the dark web, watching us and, and, and checking us out. So our reach is going beyond. But here's the interesting thing. I wanted to show this to you. This is pretty cool. Somebody sent this to us from England. Okay, It was an interview that someone was doing. Uh, obviously, the lady was is could fit really well into our church because she was, you know, against all these crazy mandates that's going on in England and about the vaccination and and whatnot. But they sent it to us because I want you to listen to her about where she got her information. No, no, because it no, it's all right actually. Right, lovely to meet you. Where have you come from? What's your name? Uh, I'm Sarah Boyle. Come up from Poole in Dorset. And you were telling me your husband's made the headlines recently. Yeah, unfortunately, um, he's now facing clergy disciplinary measure because, uh, and we went into the email on Sunday, but we've had amazing support from Christian Concern. He's, he's a vicar, and we tried really hard to get the community together over Easter, but some people who are really COVID paranoid um, wrote to the authorities that my husband wasn't wearing a mask and hugged a mourner during a funeral and uh, not antibacterializing um, some little wooden crosses that he was giving out on his on Good Friday. And so we're now potentially facing suspension, losing our home and um, his job as a vicar. Who does he work for? The Church of England. Well, this is outrageous. I didn't know anything about this story. Has it just been in the mail on Sunday? Yes, it was in the mail on Sunday a few weeks ago. Uh, we were encouraged to go public with the story through um, this amazing uh, charity called Christian Concern and they're providing pro bono legal um, advice for us because, yeah, it's just been absolutely horrendous. What's your, why did you come along today and, and on the bigger picture, what's your view on vaccine passports, for example, and the vaccination of children? Well, I mean, I just think the whole thing is utter tyranny. I mean, I, I woke up to this really in March 2020 when my oldest son couldn't do his GCSEs. I just felt inside my soul and spirit something deeply wrong. And someone pointed me um, to a video from Rock Harbor Church Prophecies. And that just, it just opened my eyes to everything. And then I went, went down the rabbit hole, so to speak, and just found out so much information. And uh, yeah, I just, I can't. 
can't believe what's going on and, and I'm so adamant that children should not be vaccinated, that you shouldn't have to have a vaccine passport to get into church to worship God. I, I just can't believe that this is all being rolled out. It must be horrendous for your husband and the community though, if you know some of the congregation have reported him. That must be awkward. Well, it is, but it's, it's betrayal, isn't it? But Jesus was betrayed and Jesus took that betrayal. Yeah, these people were our friends, but it's just, it's, um, what's, it's divided, hasn't it? It's a bit like Brexit divided people, COVID's divided people. You're either in the camp that you're absolutely petrified and you've swallowed everything mainstream media has told you and you're fearful and you're so scared or you are able to use your critical thinking, realise what's actually going on and as Jesus says, perfect love drives out all fear. We have nothing to fear and we also, the cornerstone of our Christian faith is we, have, we don't need to fear death. Um, and I think the, va the passport, the uh, vaccine is what's actually injuring people now. Everyone in hospital now are those who've been double vaccinated. How do you, are you sure about that? What concerns me is that because certain media brands aren't reporting it, we don't know the full picture. Because we're not, I'm not entirely sure what's happening. But if you base that on, do you watch certain media other than, you know, where's your trust, I suppose? What do you trust? Well, Anna, you've been a lifeline to me. I've watched you a lot and all your interviews, James Dellingpole. I've just listened to a whole different range of media sources. A lot of nurses have come out. That um, Irish doctor, uh, what was that Irish doctor called? She's just made a brilliant video a couple of weeks ago going, in the actual pandemic, she was quiet. There was nothing going on. And now since the vaccine rollout, hospitals are full, myocarditis, all the heart, the blood clots. I mean, my, my husband doing funerals in the church, that's stepped up since the vaccine rollout. People are just dying of heart attacks in their sleep. During the actual pandemic, the undertakers were quiet. You know, I mean, just I've just listened to all sorts of different things and I just know so many people now who are double vaccinated and have now got COVID. I mean, have you, you, you must have heard the same. Um, I, yeah. I have heard the same. Thank you very much for talking to me. Hey, hey, I think she'd fit good at rock harbor man but uh we are making an impact um and so someone someone turned her on to one of our videos back then and she uh, uh got that right information so that's good that we're doing even though how dark things are guys god's using us to get that message out and while the other churches are closing their doors being silent we're not going to be silent we're going to continue to speak the truth in love and make sure people get help okay anyway i wanted to share that with you uh, let's turn to our scriptures. Let's study um, in the book of Exodus, and we're gonna we're going through the Ten Commandments, and we're gonna look at um, the sacredness of private property with the uh, the commandment of "Thou shalt not steal." The "Thou shalt not steal" is said in the negative, but the positive is the sacredness of private property, and this is a big deal. And so, you shall not steal. Seems simple, and it is. A child can understand it, but it has profound effects. And the idea behind it is that you are entitled by God to private property. And private property then is linked to freedom. Okay? So I'll talk about that in how they, con they connect. But what you have to understand is we are now watching one of the biggest wealth transfers to happen in American history. Because of what's going on, they are stealing from us to give to third parties according to what the government wants to do. 
we just gave away billions of dollars to a terrorist organization right in front of our very eyes that was funded by you. They gave your money to the Taliban. That's where it's at. And quite frankly, this is the agenda to destroy America, take America's wealth, and redistribute it to whoever they want. And what's happening through inflation, and eventually we could see hyperinflation, through regulations, all these other things, the destruction of the middle class, the destruction of small business like they did through the shutdowns, is intentional. Because to get America down, you have to take out the middle class. They're the ones that are causing the so-called problems. They don't worry about the rich because the rich is with them. The rich is already with them. They're on board. They don't worry about the poor. They worry about the middle class. They already have the poor being dependent on them. That was the intention. That's why they allow 25 or 24,000 Afghanis to come in here that are military-aged men to resettle in America, and we don't have any control over them. And, oh, they're so worried about you and I being vaccinated, going into a Raiders game or whatever, yet none of them were vaxxed, none of them were tested, none of them they even care about. Why would you bring in military-aged men, and the estimates are 5, maybe 10, maybe 15% of them are terroristic organization ties. Why would you bring that into America? Why would you bring in a group that wants to practice Sharia law when they come here and put women in burqas and stone people? Why do you? Why would you want to do that? Because at the same time, the government, our State Department, refused Christians from that area to come in here. And when we were trying, other organizations were trying to resettle Christians in other countries, our State Department made a call to these countries and said, don't take them in. Why is that? Why is our State Department working against Christians but wanting to bring in Sharia law? Why is that? To destroy America. To steal your rights, your freedoms, your private property through taxation, inflation, Digital currency, which is coming in order to give to other people that are not American citizens. Oh, this is called uh, what Marxism called, you know, redistributing the wealth. It's at a global level. And the redistributing, redistributing of the wealth is meant to destroy America, to bring her down to her knees and give that wealth away. So, folks... When you see this commandment, you shall not steal, it is happening on a global scale right now. And I know I'm speaking to the choir, but talk to the average person out there and ask them, do you know what's happening? They haven't a clue what's happening. They don't have any idea that there's a major wealth transfer via stealing that's happening. And by the way, they all get together and they talk about this. They're all on the same page. You don't think Biden, you really think that Biden planned this? He was told what to do. He was told by his handlers, and I can tell you who his handlers are. We call them the deep state. But really, if you want to get specific, it's called the Council of Foreign Relations.
He already mentioned this many times before, who he follows, what he does. He even said it one time jokingly that his boss is the head of the Council of Foreign Relations. He said it as a joke, but sometimes people joke and they say the truth. That's who the deep state is. These Council of Foreign Relations uh, people on there are the so-called knowledgeable people, the wise ones, and they are orchestrating our globe for a global community. They're the ones that meet at Davos, at the World Economic Forum. They're the ones that have these meetings and these billionaires get together and they plan our future. They plan what they're going to do. So right now, part of the plan is to steal from you and I. That's part of the plan. So this is why this passage makes perfect sense that we would be studying it at the times we're at. And the other thing that's being stolen from you is your medical say-so. Your justice is being stolen from you. Your decisions about how you will live medically are now being stolen from you by Fauci and the CDC and these other governmental entities that say that they can tell you and I what to do medically. That's called stealing. Notice the, pas the passage there is open-ended. You should not steal what? Anything that doesn't belong to you. Okay? And notice that the, the thou shalt not steal encompasses all the commandments. So like if you deal with adultery, what that means is it, you should not steal someone else's spouse. You, we need to tell our teenagers this, that when they're having premarital sex, they are actually stealing from their future spouse that which belongs to the future spouse. They're stealing. Stealing virginity. Stealing innocence. They don't have a conception of that, but that's what they need to be taught. You're stealing it. And so with this commandment, there's three things I want to point out about this. It affects what we steal from God. It, it deals with human beings being stolen, and it deals with material possessions being stolen. I want to go through those real quick, and then I want to go more towards what's going to happen in the future and where this is all going, this, gr this great theft. Let's talk about stealing from God. The problem with stealing is it causes people pain, and it causes God pain because they're taking something that which belongs to God. So that's the first thing we have to understand. What is this? Stealing from God encompasses several things. First of all, we have to understand as, as Bible students that obviously God owns everything. He created heaven and the earth. He created angels. He created us as human beings. He created animals. He created everything, right? That means that God owns everything. And the things that he gives to us, we are on basically stewards of it, and it's on loan to us. Okay? But I want you to notice this. God owns everything, and then when he gives you something, then you're the steward of it, but no one can infringe on that. No one can take away what God gives you. That's what we call in the U.S. Constitution uh, and the Declaration of Independence, inalienable rights. They come from God. So if it comes from God and it's bestowed on us, no one can take it. Just like I talked about Israel. The land was given to them. No one can take it from them. Okay. So what was given to us? Life was given to us. No one can, is supposed to take that. Other rights, property rights, are not supposed to be taken from us. 
And so when you understand, okay, God's the owner of everything, then then this is where you start drilling down to understand, okay, how does someone steal from God? Well, number one, the biggest thing that people steal from God is worship. God, because of who He is, requires, demands that all creatures worship Him. The inanimate objects give Him praise. Heaven and earth give Him praise. But now we have a third of the angels that won't. We have the masses of humanity that won't. And so we have rebellion with people who won't give what God deserves, which is worship. And so that's being stolen from God. Because of who God is, that is why he demands obedience. Obedience is required to give to God for who he is. He's our creator. We have to obey. But again, that's being stolen from him through disobedience. Our bodies belong to God. He created us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. We didn't come from a monkey's uncle. And then if you're a believer, Messiah bought your body by his blood. He owns it. This, folks, is the basis of your religious exemption. Because you don't even own your body, and God owns it and Jesus owns it, it requires, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that you are not to put anything into your body or on your body that would defile the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. That is the basis of why you can resist being vaccinated. It is the basis of why Fauci or anyone else, Gavin Newsom, whatever, who starts doing mandates on you, that is the basis of why you resist. Okay? That's your, your biblical ground that you're standing on, and you're standing on good ground. Let me make one note for this. We're having a major problem in the churches who don't understand Romans 13. Romans 13 talks about jurisdictions. It doesn't mean you just blanket obey the government. First of all, you have to obey God. And if the government disobeys that, then you're not obligated to follow the government. That would be a mandate like that. According to 1 Corinthians 6, I don't, I, you can't tell me what to put in my body. You cannot do that. 1 Corinthians 6. But further than that, if I, even they say, well, we're just going to follow the laws of the land. Guess what the laws of the land are? The U.S. Constitution, which allows me the free exercise of religion. Okay? In the free exercise of religion, I can deem whether or not I follow a mandate from the government. And if it violates my religion, I'm under no obligation to follow it. Therefore, this is when you appeal to Caesar, like Paul did. When the lower jurisdictions are in contradiction to the higher jurisdiction, you are obligated to obey the higher jurisdiction, the U.S. Constitution, and then beyond that, God. So no lower courts, no lower, lower federal or state employees can mandate that to you because it prevents the free exercise of religion. So when you hear these Casper Milk Toast pastors tell you, we just need to submit to the government. This is Romans 13. They're telling you they don't understand Romans 13. They need to go back to seminary and re-understand it in a biblical way. But this is what's being stolen. And they baptize it with spirituality. Now, when you look about these things about being, things being stolen from God, 
here's how it works itself out. Let's talk about, let's just, let's just drill down on worship as an example. Worship that is stolen from God. Well, number one, self-worship steals from God. So a lot of people are being trained in our society and around the world to do self-worship. Well, what do you mean? Well, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. You, you can become a god. Believe it or not, our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, has been engineered to make people addicted to it because it gives dopamine releases. That's why people can't get off their phones. You ever see these teenagers that can't get off their phones? Constantly. They sit down in a restaurant. That's all they do. You're seeing addictions because it's a dopamine release. Now, let me add something to this, and this is very clever on the social media platforms and what they've done, Zuckerberg and the rest of these, these creepazoids. What they have done is engineer something that creates in them self-worship, narcissism. How so? People think that what they post is important. Seriously. People think that what they say on their Instagram or their pictures, they think it's important. You catching on here? So when, you know, one of these Hollywood elites puts out a tweet or says something and, and, and they have a million followers, they're thinking they're a demigod, that what they say is important. And so whatever their political views or anything like that, you're going to listen to Taylor Swift give her political views? You really? Really? But Taylor Swift thinks she's a demigod, that, that what she says is important. She doesn't know anything, but yet she believes it. So what they have done, and people don't realize it, is that the social engineering of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, is actually bent on causing you self-worship. Studies have been done on this. And this is what's created this self-worshipping, narcissistic attitude that the social media creates. That's number one. The second thing is people steal your worship. What do you mean? Well, when you start realizing what people are doing in their family dynamics, is what will happen is um, they, they, they're a Christian and they're going to follow God's standards, but in their family dynamics, what will happen is they'll have family standards. It's one thing if that standard matches with God's standard. That's fine. But if what if the family standards don't match the biblical standards? What if in this particular family, like let's say uh, it's the Smith family. In the Smith family, this is the way we do things. These are the things we honor. These are the things we value in the Smith family. We value wealth. We value high-paying jobs. We value this. We value that. The question is, does that match the Bible? If it doesn't, and the person continues to obey family of origin standards, they have another God. That's all plain and simple. They have a foreign God. Well, I know if I did this, Dad would be upset with me. I know if I did this, Mom wouldn't approve. Who is your God then? Is it God, or is it your mom and dad, or your family of origin? Or maybe it's a standard that you even created yourself. Be careful. When you do that, you're worshiping a different God. There's only one standard that matters. It's God's. Lastly, what our society has been set up to steal worship from God is to give the worship to the government. This is happening right now as we speak. People and more people are getting 
dependent on the government. Do you see all the help wanted signs around town? Do you know why? Because they're getting like 18 bucks an hour or whatever that is to not work. Please understand there's a, a spiritual deception here. If the government can get people to not work, that means they're not creating wealth. They're not creating property. They are devoid of property. And when a person is devoid of property, they become dependent on the government to give them handouts. That's what's happening. See, our society by our founding fathers was created to enshrine private property because they saw it, whether it's, it, 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 any of the founders saw it, that when a person is responsible enough to work and create property, create wealth, it actually increases their liberty and backs the government off. But the more people give up their private property, the more the government will take from them. So they saw one of the ways to keep the government in check was private property. It's a big deal. It's linked to liberty. Okay, so what's happening now? The government has trained decade after decades of people going to our public school systems and the college and universities that they're entitled to free stuff, free education, free schooling, free meals. Do you realize in some of our public schools, the kids, the parents don't even have to buy food for them anymore. Some of these school districts are giving breakfast, lunch, and then a dinner. So the school is their parent. Hey man, that doesn't, that's not right. Because what will happen to the, the kids? What will happen to the parents? They become dependent on the government. And they don't produce private property. See, God engineered us to work. And in working, we take the, the dominion mandate to harness the natural resources of the planet and to create private property and wealth out of recreating what God already made. Whether we sell something or whatever, that's what we were supposed to do. And it gives us our freedom. Take that away, and you get enslavement. So now, the generation that we have, living currently, has no problem doing what the government tells them to do because the government now has become their God. And by the way, that's setting the stage for the Antichrist eventually because he will proclaim himself to be God and force everyone to worship him. So the mindset has already been created. The government's your God. That's stealing away our rights. Let's move now to something different, stealing humans. Stealing of humans is a big deal. By the way, you, not, you don't hear too much about it. But let me show you some graphs. Look on the labor exploitation in the private economy. 60% of men are exploited, 40% of women being trafficked and enslaved in producing goods. Okay, what, What's happening here? What do you mean? Well, this is the thing. Let me give you the scenario of what happened in America. You had businesses in America, and then the unions went crazy. And the unions wanted all this money for some guy spinning the bolt for 80 bucks an hour. Okay? Whether it's GM or Chevrolet or whatever. Some dude's turning the bolt. He gets paid 80 bucks an hour to turn a bolt. So guess what the manufacturers did? I'm out of here. 
of all the regulations in California. If I'm going to have to pay union wages that high, I'm out of here. So they move their businesses to guess where? China. Okay? In one sense, you can't blame them, but in another sense, what they move from is slavery employment. So they move their corporations to China or even Mexico, and they're paying these people in China like a buck a day to make $150 Nike shoes. And what other project products? iPhone, Apple, all move their stuff. You know that slaves are making the products for iPhone and Apple. You know that slaves are making the products for Nike and Adidas and all these other organizations and companies that went over there. See, as Christians, we believe in free market. We believe in capitalism, but we believe in moral free market systems, moral capitalism, not unbridled capitalism. And so they go there, and the products that you have from China are made by slaves. That's the problem. That's what that graph reflects. So when you think about Nike, and you think about buying products from some of these people, realize a slave made that. A slave made that. For like a buck a day, or some crazy thing like that. Let's move to the other aspect. Sexual exploitation in the private economy. Now, obviously, 98% are women. They're doing this a lot through sex trafficking. They do it through the Internet. They they pounce on these little girls. They convince them of something. Then they say, hey, I'm another 12-year-old boy. Let's go meet in the park. And it ends up being a guy who steals them. Okay, this is happening constantly. Please watch your kids on social media. They say, I'm just talking to somebody that's a friend of mine. No, they're not. You don't know who's behind it. Some dude's behind that. Okay, They're putting stings out on that stuff. So it's happening all the time. So these little girls are being taken and put into sex trafficking. Now, here's my question. How come that's not being addressed? How come that's not being dealt with? How come they don't get onto big tech for that? How come they don't say anything? Oh, you know why? You know the answer already before I even say it, don't you? Because they're all involved in it. That's why. They make profits out of it. All you have to do is say, follow the money, and it's there. Oh, we have, yeah, remember old Jeffrey Epstein, the guy who suicided, suicided himself in a prison and the guards apparently fell asleep or something, I don't know. And they were gone for three hours and all of a sudden he's hanging from a rope. Uh, what was happening on the island? The reason is this, why this is not stopped? Why, why is slavery in China and Mexico happening? Because they all know it and they're all part of it. They're making money off of it. They're making money off the sex slave. These globalists are the biggest perverts you could ever imagine. They're perverts at the deepest level, guys. Podesta, that dude's a pervert. Epstein, pervert. All of them are like this. That's why they don't deal with it. Look at California. Next one. This is what makes me mad. In California, 80% of the human trafficking, guess where they happen? Bay Area, L.A., San Diego. I'm all for New California now, man. I, I would love for our state to split up into Old California and New California and get rid of San Francisco, L.A., and San Diego. I can't stand those places because they're so immoral. Amen? Um, and I hope this New California thing goes through. That would be phenomenal. If we would just have the Central Valley, oh, man, we'd be off to the races. But look where the trafficking's happening. It's in leftist-controlled areas. How come they don't deal with it? 
How come they don't deal with the homeless there in L.A.? Have you went to L.A. lately and saw the tent cities all up and down the, 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 the highways? How come they don't deal with that? Oh, because they get funding for that. How come they don't deal with this? Oh, because they're making money off of that. Yeah, that's the problem. It's the problem. It's, it's, just, it's just immoral. It's just immoral. So stealing of humans obviously is wrong. By the way, kidnappers would receive the death penalty in the Old Testament. Okay? That's what they are. That's what they deserve. Kidnapping children for sex trafficking. Unbelievable. Now let's move to the stealing from humans. The stealing from humans obviously is the, probably the, more, more, something that's more palatable as far as we can understand it. This is what uh, typically occurs a lot even in our own personal lives as we see it. So here's the deal. We're having a societal breakdown on the concept of stealing because what's been told by the left and the globalists is that it's okay to steal if you're getting reparations, if you're you're making up for the injustices in your life and and you're owed it, whatever. You know, they're making excuses for why people steal and giving them the green light. And therefore these mayors and these governors of these towns just allow it to happen, like we saw, right? Here's the pictures of what we saw. Look at this. People felt entitled to go and just loot anything they wanted during the, the you know the riots and whatnot. I mean, it, look at this, man. It's just insane. These people totally felt entitled just to go in and grab anything they wanted. I don't know what their excuses were. Maybe, oh, it's there. I might as well take it. But this has been allowed. And when the mayors and the governors of the, these these cities and towns allow this, people think it's green light. Well, I guess I can go do this. I can make up for it. Uh, Comrade de Blasio in New York, when they sacked Fifth Avenue, he's like, well, just let them do it. Let them, get it out, let them get it out of their system or something to the effect of that. And like, get it out of their system. They're entitled to it. What are you talking about? No one is entitled to steal anything from anybody. Why is this happening? Ransacking Louis Vuitton and Target and all these other places that they did. Because our society is now allowing theft to happen. You say, well, why would they allow theft to happen? Because they, the leaders themselves, are stealing. So they're not going to be hypocritical. I want you to think about this. Is it stealing when they intentionally cause inflation? by talking to the Federal Reserve. Is that called stealing when they jack up the prices because they're messing with the Federal Reserve? And is that called stealing when they infuse more money, printing off more money into circulation, which devalues your dollar and its purchasing power? It's called quantitative easing. Is that called stealing when my I lose the purchasing power? Yes, it is. See, one of the things Americans don't understand is your money is being stolen from you and you don't even think it's happening. They're taking your purchasing power away through inflation. And they're going to continue to do more of this, by the way. Eventually, they want you not to own anything. That's the intention behind this. Now, when you see, here's what I want you to do. When you see lockdowns, when you see shutdowns of economies, when you see masks, when you see vaccination passports, that's coming, by the way, vaccination passports. 
what they're doing is stealing justice away from you. I talked to a young lady uh, the, the service before, and of course, you know, uh, she took her, uh, uh, the vaccine passport, not sorry, she took our religious exemption to her company. And um, she submitted it, and of course, what did the gatekeeper say? Oh, we're not accepting religious exemptions because uh, we're saying you have to be uh, vaccinated or you have to test twice a week. I said, do you realize that person is either ignorant or, or is lying to you? Ignorant the fact that they don't know the law or lying to you that they know the law and they're still going to do it. I said, do you understand? That's illegal. They can't tell you that because it's, it's, uh, you have the First Amendment that protects you and you have discrimination laws here in California that protects you. So that what you need to do, she goes, what do I do? I said, you need to go one step further. You need to go back and get past the gatekeeper. Quit talking to gatekeepers. Gatekeepers don't know anything. They're the ones that say, this is what we're told to do. They're like the German soldiers at the Nuremberg trials and they say, why did you allow the killing of all these Jews? I was just following orders. Get past the gatekeeper. Push the issue. So I said, look, this is what you got to do. Tell the person, I want to talk to your supervisor. I want to talk to the manager. I want to talk to corporate. And then when you talk to them, say this. I'm prepared to contact the Pacific Justice Institute or any of these other legal firms that I gave to you guys in an email. I'm prepared to contact them to draw up a lawsuit against you if you continue to maintain this against me. That's what you have to do. Now, I say, are you prepared for that? She says, yeah. I said, go for it. Fight it. Because they're trying to take away your rights. If you're not going to fight for your own rights, then who do you think will? You think are Republican guys, oh, they're going to fight and saber-rattle. You think McCarthy's going to do anything for you? They're part of the problem. It's a uniparty in America. So if you don't fight for your own rights, you will lose them. Don't expect some politician to do it for you. They're on the take. This is a God-given right to you. Don't let it go. Now here's the thing. I don't want to scare you. I want to prepare you for what's coming. And nothing's stopping this. You're going to have to stand in the gap. But let me show you what these global elites want. And the funny thing about evil, evil will always project and tell you what they're going to do. Isn't that funny? When they told us they're going to bomb our buildings, they said, we're going to bomb your buildings. And people were like, no, 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 that's crazy talk. They're not going to do that. And then what do they do? They bomb our buildings. Evil will always project out. I don't know why, but they do. They always want to tell you what they're doing. It's like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. I could have gotten away with it had it been for you meddling kids, and then the person starts telling everything they were doing. Why is that? Let me show you what the World Economic Forum wants to bring to a country near you. And this is Biden's handlers. This is the world global elite. It's the World Economic Forum. All you have to do is go on their website. The funny thing is they tell you everything that they want and everything that they're going to do. And they tell you the date that's going to happen. So by 2030, they want these things to happen. It's attached to Agenda 2030 of the UN. It's part of the global cabal that's happening in all countries uh, around the world. So the head of the World Economic Forum is Klaus Schwab. Now, Klaus Schwab is is one of the evilest guys on the planet, but he's behind a lot of this organization. 
For some reason, the guy likes to dress up like Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars and, and talk behind podiums. I don't know why the guy's dressed up like this, but this is the lunacy of, of the left. This is the lunacy of global elites. They dress up like crazies. So anyway, this crazy guy, he's straight out of a James Bond movie. He looks like he's from a James Bond, and he sounds like he's from a James Bond movie. I term him Dr. Evil. He's the main thrust behind a lot of the things that are going on. So Dr. Evil, petting his little skinless cat, is planning your future and my future, along with Bill Gates, George Soros, and the global elites who control China, control the U.S., and control everyone else. Okay? So pray tell, Brandon, what do they want? What do they want to do? What, what, what's coming my way? Let me give you the eight predictions they want by, by 2030. Number one, people will own nothing. Goods are either free of charge or must be lent from the state. Wait a second. Thou shalt not steal protects private property. They're wanting to steal your private property that you own nothing. That's where they're going. That's what they want. They don't want anybody on this planet to own anything. Why? What did I say about liberty? If they take private property away from you, then you are a slave to the government. That's why they want it. This is so key. It's a biblical concept. And they fun the funny thing is they know it. So they've got to take away private property. The house that you own one day perhaps will not be owned by you. The land that you own will one day be taken from you. Every totalitarian regime has done this. So if you think, well, I have this and I'm secure, think again. Think again, because they don't want you owning anything. In fact, they're thinking about starting to take from your 401k to pay off debt and things of that nature. And, and they're going to add more fees to you and all kinds of stuff because it's just not right that you have so much and there's so many people out in the world that have little. What is the basis of property rights? Work. You work for what you earn and what you have is yours. You don't allow anyone to take it and give it to somebody that doesn't deserve it, earn it, or whatever. We don't do things like that, but that's what they want to do. That's what they did with our military equipment. They just gave it to the Taliban. What are they doing with your wealth? You, the middle class, are the target. You can't own anything. The poor, they don't care about because the poor don't own anything anyway. They don't have anything to lose. They, they already have them on the dole. The rich, they don't target them because the rich are in bed with them. The rich are already secured with them. So the target in America is the middle class. You've got to hit the middle class, destroy their wealth, destroy their private property, and then we will get to the globalist utopia we have always dreamed about, which will be the beast system that the Antichrist will eventually run. Number two, this is what they say. I'm not making this up. The United States will no longer be the leading superpower, but a handful of countries will dominate. Well, I guess they're starting the process now with the Biden administration because the Biden administration has done just that. We are the laughing stock in the world. But that was intention. See, a lot of people want to blame Joe Biden. He's just doing what he's told. We're going to destroy the United States and let a bunch of other little handful countries run the place. The little countries that they run, uh, they're going to run the place are controlled by the global elites. This is why... Trump threw a monkey wrench into the whole system because he's not part of the global elite system, the Davos group, the Bilderbergers, the Council of Foreign Relations. He's not part of that. And then they didn't know what to do with him. And they said, we got to get rid of this guy. He's an outsider, not part of the system. This is why George Bush 
Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. They're uniparties. George Bush said it doesn't matter who comes in this presidential uh, executive office because the, the deep state is controlling them, which is the Council of Foreign Relations. Destroy America. Number three, organs will not be transplanted but printed. What? Yeah, part of their goal is to fuse your body with AI technology. What is that? Well, in Star Trek, you call, they call them cyborgs. We don't know what that means, but they do. They want to make what they call transhumanism through AI and the combination of human parts or fake parts. It's ultimately a cyborg. They want that. And they, they have the technology to do it. Four, meat consumption will be minimized. In fact, eliminated in your life. Buy your steaks now because they're not gonna, you're not going to be able to get it. They already are war working on this plan to eliminate meat from you. And I can go into a whole dissertation about why they want the meat. But let's, I don't have time. Five, massive displacement of people will take place with billions of refugees. Um, I think I've seen that right now in America. Refugee, uh, Afghan refugees coming in, not Christians, but Afghan refugees, open borders. Oh, why? Because when you displace populations and you put them in other countries, it actually destroys the country. How so? Well, again, if we hold to Judeo-Christian values and America must be taken down because of that, then they've got to bring in people that won't subscribe to Judeo-Christian values. And so let's bring in a bunch of jihadis. Let's bring in a bunch of Muslims. Oh, that's religious bigotry. No, no, no. Islam is a political religious system. They will bring with them Sharia law, which according to our Constitution is not to be allowed in our country because it's another set of laws that are going against our laws. Therefore, relig that religion is a political religio that has other laws. So, so let's, let's destroy America by bringing unbedded Islamic Sharia law adherence to. Right now, those, those 24,000 Afghanis, we don't know what they're doing. Just running around loose. Oh, and then let's keep the borders open because, you know, if we have a porous border, then anyone that doesn't subscribe to America can come up here and get free stuff, but don't, they don't have to assimilate. They don't have to believe in the values that we do here in America. You know what will happen? All of a sudden, the mindset of America will change and we'll have a communist, Marxist types of socialism going on in the mindset of America. How so? Because everybody that comes down from that area has a political mindset of the government gives me things. Because all those countries are socialistic, communistic, right? And so bring them in because they'll bring that mindset in. Oh, that's racist. No, it's not. It's dealing with mindsets. It's dealing with political philosophies. We are America. We believe in free market capitalism, moral free market capitalism. We don't hold to socialism and Marxism. But yet, let's invade America with that kind of mindset. They're doing it. They're doing it. And they're getting away with it. Six, to limit the emissions of carbon dioxide, a global price will be set at an exorbitant level. Now, here's the deal. With a global hoax of man-made global warming, now, the, the earth warms up and it cools down, but that's because of the sun, okay? It's real simple. Anthropogenic global warming is a hoax. Man-made global warming is made up, a made-up story to get control of your every life, every bit of your life. And eventually, they're going to tell you how to run your air in your, in your house. 
how hot you can have it, how cool you can have it, because they say you're, you're putting too much of a footprint out. They're going to control down to the air that you breathe in your house. And so what they're going to do is make driving a car obsolete. Now, why is that? See, in our U.S. Constitution, we have the free ability to go back and forth, state from state, no problem. You don't have to have your papers checked. They're going to limit uh, people's ability to travel. Well, when you can eliminate people's travel, then you can control them better. And what they want to do is eliminate the car, the combustible engine, because it gives them more control over a hoax. Seven, people can prepare to go to Mars and start a journey to find alien life. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Ah, but you don't understand what's behind it. What is behind this? Why would they even mention this? Why do some countries have envoys to, they have a, uh, what are they called, uh, 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 emissary, uh, uh, what is it, ambassador, there you go, that's the name. Why do some of these countries, including the Vatican, have ambassadors to aliens? Why, why, why even go there? Do you know why? There's something behind it. These alien sightings that everybody's reporting and things of that are not. They're fallen angels and they're demons. And why are we seeing so much of them? Because the aliens and demons know we're close. And what gets what happens when we're close? We all disappear one day. And they're going to have to come up with an excuse of where we went. And the biggest excuse, I already know what they're going to say, is the aliens took them away, took the bad people away. It's part of their strategy. I didn't make this up. They actually put it down. So I'm not crazy. They are. Eight, last one, we've got to leave it at this. Western values will be tested to the breaking point. Uh, let's, let's reinterpret that correctly. Western values will be eliminated. That's what they're doing. The Western values are what? The Bible. God. Jesus. You and I. See, evil tells you what they want to do. So the first thing they're going to do is they're going to take away your private property. They're going to violate thou shalt not steal. And by the way, we have no help. The evangelical world is so woke, they're all on board on this junk. we got spineless pastors, Casper Milktoasts, behind the pulpit, saying, hey man, let's just go along and save the planet. We're all, you know, we all got to get together and unify. When you have a pastor that's woke like that, telling you that kind of nonsense, get up and leave. Don't listen to that nonsense. That's crazy talk. And the problem is, we're having the problem inside the church. It's dividing the church over this, because they think this is all cool. They think that socialism is okay. In the church! Think about the biggest false teacher on the planet. The Pope. Look what he said about private property. I'm not joking. He said it's November 30th, 2020. Let us build a new social justice and admit that the Christian tradition has never recognized the right of, to private property as absolute or immovable. What? What? Is this guy nuts? Yeah, he's nuts. Absolutely. He's in the candidacy running for the false prophet. He's probably going to win. Okay? He's probably going to win. He, you can't get closer than this guy. But what is my point? What Bible is he reading? I think he's reading Anton LaVey's Bible, the Satanic Bible. Because we just read the passage that gives private property to human beings. 
that private property is sacred. So when I see somebody like him or a Christian impastor in front of a church saying that nonsense, I know what side they're on. And so should you. You know where they're coming from. Folks, let me tell you that and leave with this because we've got to celebrate the Lord's Supper today. Only you, only you are going to be able to defend your rights. Okay? We look to God. We trust God. But don't think you're going to put your faith in a politician. Don't think that you're going to put your faith in your business. Don't think you put your faith in, in some corporate lawyer or whatever. At the end of the day, you're going to be the one that has to fight for your private property. And I don't know how long we're here, but as long as we're here until we're taken out of this picture, you have to fight. You have to resist with the truth. You have to not let them take your rights away. They are God-given. Don't lay down for these people. Don't cower in fear. Don't cave like a tent. You stand your ground. You stand on the truth. Amen? Let's pray. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Anchor Sunday Sermons. We hope that this message is a blessing to you and helps grow you towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. Rock Harbor Church has recently started a second podcast called The Anchored Bible Study. It's filled with past and continuing Bible studies preached during our Wednesday evening services. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear it, please check the description of this episode or search your favorite podcast streaming services for The Anchor Bible Study. Support for both of our podcasts comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up, for our redemption draws near.